Thank you, Jesus. What a great place. What a great sense of love I feel when I come into this house. Aren't you thankful that you feel love when you come into the house of the Lord? Isn't that important? Is that important to anybody here tonight? I am thankful that this is a place where everyone is welcome and we're learning more and more to be like him. I'm thankful for that. For a few moments tonight, I want to share with you my heart. I prayer last night. I um, I was taken into a depth of prayer that I have not been in in quite some time, and I regrettably say that I need to be there more often. But I feel like the Lord spoke to me concerning our church and where we are right now. And I want to just share with you for a few moments what I feel the Lord has talked to me even through the night. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 15, a very familiar portion of Scripture. I am going to read beginning with verse 11. I'm sure you know it as the parable of the prodigal son. But I would pray God would shed a new light on it tonight for all of us. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 said, And he said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance in riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. But then he came to himself. But then he came to himself. Your your Bible says and when he came, but I think the more literal translation could be read, but when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise And go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no longer or no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants, day laborer, a servant 
was part of the family, but there were those workers that were just hired on a daily basis. And this is what this son realized about his father's house, that even even the day laborer has enough and to spare. And I'm willing to become that in order to have something. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said, aren't you thankful that God can still speak? Amen. But the father said, one translation said, ignoring what his son had said. The father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring forth the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Praise God. God, I'm asking you tonight, I've already asked you today to help me only say what you want to be said. I would tonight, God, that I could disappear and that only a voice could be heard, the voice of the Lord speaking to our hearts. I believe we stand at important times And I believe tonight we need you more than we've ever needed you before. And we need that divine impulse. We need that divine touch upon all of our lives so that we are ready for what's coming. I pray it all to be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. If you will help me a little while, you can be seated. While I was praying last night, I was impressed with an image of how our church should be postured in this hour. A very vivid image that portrayed the attitude that we must seek and we must have. I saw the spirit that God wanted cultivated in all of our hearts. And I felt the heartbeat that needs to be nurtured in the soul of every one of us. I have been challenged over the last few years to pray Isaiah 43 because I believe it is a promise for the church and the church age 
Isaiah 43 reads like this, but now saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, and Ethiopia and Seba for thee. And since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. And I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Over and over in my spirit, I have heard those words echo in my mind when I pray. Give up, O north, and give up, O south, and give up the far corners of the earth, the sons and the daughters that belong to God's family. I believe tonight that we have a hope that this scripture is going to be brought to pass. And I believe tonight that I stand here as a witness that God intends to fulfill his word that he has given us. If you believe that, I want you to clap your hands to the Lord right now. And I want you to give him some praise. I don't care how far they are. I don't care which direction they have gone. The promise of God is that I will bring them back. And so the question that has gone over in my mind is, are we ready for what God has prepared for this hour? Are we ready? Am I ready for what God is wanting to do and what he is doing even now? I believe the greatest failure of this hour would be to stand unprepared when God has prepared such blessings and such promises of revival to our church. I do not want to miss one thing that God has prepared for this hour and for this time. And whatever it takes for me to put myself in the place or get myself in the place or pray through to the place that I can be there and be ready for that moment, then that's what I am willing to do. I believe my attitude toward these times very critical. 
It's very, very critical. The Lord brought me in prayer last night to this story that we know is the parable of the prodigal son. But really, it is misnamed. It really should be the parable of a loving father because what it does is describe what God would like to do for every wayfaring son or daughter. And when I began to consider this story again and rehearse all of the components, I believe God began to speak to me about the posture and the position that this church has got to put itself in because the sons and the daughters are coming. The sons and the daughters are coming. The wayward and the backslider, the prodigals that have been afar, whether they're your children or not, they're his children. And the promise of the Lord is that I'm going to speak to the north and I'm going to speak to the south and I'm going to say give up because they belong to me. And they are mine because I have purchased them and bought them with my own blood. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is going to be a movement in this hour. Though we may not see it, it's going on even now. Though we are unaware of it, there are hearts that are being turned toward home even right now. They are beginning their move this direction. I believe that there is an awakening going on in this hour, not just of sinners, but of backsliders and those that have drifted away. I have felt for some time that God was going to give us a revival of prodigals that would literally shock us because of the extent of what God is going to do and the far reaches that it's going to have in our lives and in our families. Something is going to happen and something is happening right now that is bringing men and women back to their senses. They are being shaken tonight. They are struggling. They are disturbed. Prodigals who have been long removed from the father's house are going to be and they are being awakened even now. They are haunted by the emptiness in their life. They are condemned by the failure of their own move. They are dying in loneliness and all that they can remember of any good in their life is a vacant past remembrance of a place that they were at one time that they had no loneliness and they had no want and there was no emptiness and something is being stirred right now. I can sense it and feel it in the spirit realm that God is stirring something in this world and is awakening them even now. Though we don't see it and we're not aware of it, God is still moving them. He is still stirring them this very moment. And I will tell you that they are going to come. You hear me tonight. They are going to come 
with issues bigger than their sins. Amen. What do you mean by that? I mean that they're going to come like this broken prodigal who was broken in his spirit. And he said, I have sinned against heaven and before God. There there is such a condemnation. That is one of the reasons they have not already come. They know where they need to go. But they have made such miserable failures of their lives. And their spirit is so broken. They're not sure that they will be welcomed when they come. And they are not certain that they will be all... will be open armed and brought back in and so because of their condition their brokenness not just their sin but sin has broken something down inside of them their self worth and their self image has been so destroyed that they don't know if anybody can love them again but they do know this that if there's any hope for them it's going to be found in the father's house. It's going to be found in the place that they walked away from years ago. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. And the question is, what will they find when they get here? What are are they going to see and feel and sense when they walk through the doors and they find their way back home. I'm not talking about church shoppers, those that are looking for a convenient place to go. And I'm not looking for just something that fits my lifestyle. I'm I'm talking about prodigals that know where they walked away from. They know what they walked away from. And when they come back, I have news for you. They're going to be looking for what they left. And we better make sure that we haven't left what they're coming back for. We better make sure that there remains in this place a spirit and an atmosphere and a posture and arms that are open and a heart that is ready to welcome them and say, come on in. We've been looking for you for a long, long time. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't think they're going to be looking for how bright the lights are or whether we've got the latest technology. You know what? The only people that are impressed with us is third and fourth generation Pentecostals that don't have a relationship with God and they need entertainment to keep them connected to the house of God. But the prodigal, he's been out there. He knows what's out there and it's not worth a plug nickel. And he said, I know where there is something worth having and I'm coming home and I want to make sure when they get back here, they find what they left. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. They know what they're looking for. And we better make sure that they find it. Amen. In this parable, 
Jesus paints a picture of how it should be when they come. How it should be when they come. How we should respond. What our posture and our position is. And how we should respond to these wayward sons and daughters. And the Bible says it this way. And when he was yet a great way off, the father saw him. You know what that tells me? That tells me that evidently from the day that son walked away, that father went to the top of the roof of his house on a daily basis and peered out over the horizon to see what might be coming his way. You see, in the heart of that father was an expectancy. There was a belief that that son would not stay gone forever. There was a hope and there was an anticipation. And the father, he had to have been waiting for a long, long time before that day ever arrived. But I'm thankful that when that day did arrive, that father was still looking for him and he was still hoping and he was still believing and he was still praying for him to come home. Hear me tonight, Greater Life Church. There are some basic things that we must make sure we have in us if we're going to be able to respond to the hour that God is about to send us. Hallelujah. He was looking for him. I want to ask you tonight, are you really looking for anything when you come to church? Or are you always needing something? I need a blessing. I need some attention. I need favor. I need a job. I need this. I need that. I need the church to meet. I need, I need, I need, I need. Do you ever walk through those doors wondering, hoping, believing that somewhere in the course of that day, there's going to be a wakened soul somewhere that's going to remember where they walked away from and they're going to turn and walk back through those doors. Do you ever come to church with that hope that somebody's going to be there that you didn't expect to be there? That is the kind of attitude and that is the kind of atmosphere that we've got to cultivate in our church. For this hour. Hallelujah. A belief. Everybody say a belief. You got to believe that they're coming back. I said you got to believe that they're coming back. You've got to have hope that they're coming back. There's got to be an anticipation that they're coming back. An expectancy. Is there that kind of expectancy in us tonight? Do we believe it will happen? Or are we as some who say, well, I used to, but my prayers were never answered. And so I've kind of given up on those prayers. I am so glad. I have no idea. There's no way of knowing it's a parable. 
But there's no way of knowing how long that son was gone. But I do know this from the word, and I know this from the original text and the meaning of certain words, that when that son left, that father immediately started looking for him. Now, that's hard to believe, but this is the portrait that God tried to paint for me. He showed me a church And he showed me a church with arms that were open. And his question to me was, how wide are your arms open to receive what I'm about to send your way? Are you so consumed in your little world that you don't have room for anybody else? Or is there a heart of hunger in you and a desire that will fill up this building three times over? That will come from the far reaches of the earth. They'll come home. And when they get there, this is the posture. This is the position. This is the way God wants me to be. Come on. We've got room for you in here. We've got a place for you in here. You can keep them right there. Praise God. Open. I started trying to stretch in prayer and I couldn't stretch far enough. I said, oh God, help me. My mind is too limited. My spirit is too constricted. Help me to get my arms farther, to reach farther. Because that's the position that you want me to be in in this hour. Amen. You can be seated. What are our expectations and our hopes for the future? Our expectations are key to what we will see. If you expect nothing, don't be disappointed. You're not going to see anything. But I know this much about God. God cannot lie. And he will not go back on his word. And his word said, I will bring them from far. Amen. From the north and the south. I will say give up. Ever so often I come in here and I turn in every direction. And I just scream out, give up. Give up. Give up. Give up. Give up. You're not holding them captive any longer. They're not going to be your slave any longer. Give them up. Give them up. Give them up. There's got to be that kind of attitude and that spirit in all of us that when we come together, there's a cry. Give it up. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only was he expecting, but he was, he was a prepared man. The Bible said he told the servant to go get the fatted calf. I didn't go real high in school. I did graduate. But I wasn't, English wasn't one of my greatest subjects. But I do think I learned this, that... Anytime ED is added to a word, that makes it past tense. Past tense. So when he said, servant, go get the fatted calf. 
He meant the one. You remember that day when the son walked out? And when he walked out, I walked out too. I walked out to the field and I looked around and I found this calf and I said, that's it right there. I want you to bring that in and put it in the pen. We're going to feed it. What for? Well, we got a, we got a party coming on. I just want to be ready when it's party time. I'm wondering church is greater life church ready for party time. I'm talking about a Holy ghost party. I'm talking about a party where the wayward come home and the sinner repents and God redeems them from their destruction. Are we preparing anything for that moment? Are we prepared for that moment? You know, it goes back to what, do we come needing something or do we come looking for something? Do we come having to have something? Oh, I've got to have a blessing today, God. Or do we come with an expectation that God... This could be the day. And I'm ready. Look out there. At, at that, that little calf isn't the same size it was when we brought it in. We've been working on it. We're prepared. I'm wondering, I, when I was praying last night, I couldn't help but wonder, am I prepared? Am I prepared for the revival that God is sending our way? Am I prepared Have I made ready? Have I gotten myself in a place? Am am I at a place of spiritual maturity where church doesn't have to be about me all the time? Oh, oh, I know I'm not supposed to preach like that, but sometimes we need to hear that. Am I at a place in my spiritual walk with God? If I'm not, I need to get there because we've got some sick people coming. We've got some broken people coming. We've got some people that have no self-image. They have been so decimated by sin, they don't even know if they matter anymore. They've thought about committing suicide, but they realized that wasn't going to be an answer. But the only hope they have is that there's going to be a place they can get to at some point in their life that's going to have everything they need and everything they desire. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everything we do should be in preparation for the greater things God is promising us he's going to do. We've been singing that song since the beginning of this year, Greater Things greater things. We hadn't sang that in a while. And I know, I know after a while, you, you can be seated. I'm not through yet. You may want me to be, but I'm not through. I'm just, no, I'm picking on you. I love you kids. Greater things. And we've seen some great things, but not, I don't believe we've even scratched the surface of what all God is wanting to do with Greater Life Church. But if we're not ready for it, do you realize the frustration on God's part to have brought all of this to this point and then a church is not ready? We are are too into ourselves, or we're too preoccupied 
or we're to this or we're to that to come in the door with a heart of expectancy. We give up believing a long time ago. We're just holding on. We're like those that believe the, that, that, that there's going to be a great falling away. I, I understand that scripture and it, that's probably happening and it is happening. There's, there is a great falling away. But I also read that there's going to be light at evening time and I also read there's a point where the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. Now you choose to believe what you want to believe, but I believe that in this hour, greater things are coming. I believe that greater revival. I believe there's a greater church coming out of greater life church. Hallelujah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to close. I believe he showed us, he showed me last night the attitude that must prevail in his house when these sons and daughters come. The Bible said that when he saw him a great way off, he ran, he ran, wasn't dignified for a father to run. He was a leader, he was an elder. Fathers carried themselves with dignity, but there's a point in time when expectation and belief meet and you see the result of what God has honored you with in your spirit of expectation that you cannot contain yourself. You're going to put down your little bit of pride. You're going to forget who you are. You're going to forget what what position you hold. You're going to forget how important you are. What you're going to be focused on is what's coming through that door or what's standing in our altar. And you're going to want to run to them. You're going to want to wrap your arms around them. You're going to want to kiss them and welcome them into this house. Hallelujah. Amen. Our church is a very loving church. But there's times that I think we become selfish with our love. We only give it to those that we feel like deserve it. But I have news for you. The prodigals that I'm talking about coming home are not going to be worthy of one thing that God wants you to do for them. The problem is we know too much history and we need to forget history and realize his story, his history is going to be written differently. Amen. And that if he could forgive them, How can we not forgive them? One of the things that God has challenged me with in prayer over the last few months is, are you really ready for who I'm going to send back your way? Twenty-six years of pastoring, there have been a lot of hurt been a lot of things that have happened that have been totally wrong and you've had to deal with that and live through it and God said what happens if I bring that one home are your arms going to be open wide enough to welcome them back in 
Are you going to let your prejudices and your predisposed disposition about them limit what you can do and what you can be? You see, those that are coming know what they left. And they know they don't even deserve to be here. And they already have an issue that's greater than their sin. They have an issue of their own self-worth. And all that they need to be turned away is for somebody to walk past them and say, not me, I'm not praying. You can pray for them, but not me. Amen. I want to have a heart like his heart. And his heart was so full of love. Oh, love will cover a multitude of sin. Did you hear me? Love will cover a multitude of sin. I want my heart to be in such a place that the person that has hurt me the deepest in my life, if they walk through those doors... I want to be the first one to pray with them. I want to be the first one to welcome them in. I want to be the first one to hug their neck and tell them I'm glad they're home. Now, not everybody's going to be able to do that. And you read that story and you find out that there there were some people that were still keeping books. They were still keeping tallies. Yeah, I know what he did. You, you, I know, you, you don't know what I know. I, I, people tell me that. You, you just don't know what I know. You know what? I don't want to know what you know. That's why was, you, you have a bad attitude because of what you think you know. I didn't need to say that. Yeah, I did. You need a little pastoring sometimes. <laughs> Oh, sweet patty caking for Jesus doesn't do it. Sometimes you just got to be hit with a two before between the eyes and say, hey, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Put your tally book away. Quit your judging book out. Put it away. Tear it up. Because the truth is none of us deserve to be here. And there's going to be some of them come through our doors that really don't deserve to be here. But that didn't matter. The only thing that mattered to that father was that my son that was lost, he's come home. He was dead, but now he lives again. Oh, come on, clap your hand to the Lord and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Praise God. Oh, God, help me. I'm telling you right now that I'm I'm having to pray harder than I've I've ever had to pray. And, And I don't think it's just me. I've had more opposition. I've had more hindrances. I've had more obstacles get in the way to keep me from the prayer that I need to be praying. I know that it's no different for you. I know many of you are struggling with prayer. But I would ask you to join with me right now. And let's purpose that Greater Life Church is going to always remain a house like this house that is portrayed for us in Scripture. Amen. That there will be a love so deep in this place 
that it can cover a multitude of sin. That there will be such a heart for people that no matter who they are, we could pray with them. We could pray for them. We could encourage them. I know that will stretch some of us. I know it would stretch me if certain people were to walk through these doors and come to our altars and repent. I I hate to confess that, but I mean, think about those that have hurt you in your life. I'm talking about really hurt you. What if God chooses to wake them up? What if he chooses to say, Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Come home. And something begins to stir a memory, a thought, a feeling that was, that, that's long been suppressed. It finds its way back to the surface of their heart. And they remember a place. They remember a place that had everything they needed. Oh God. Oh God. Help us to be that kind of place. Help us to be that kind of place that has everything they need when they walk through our doors. The love the compassion, the hope, the faith, the belief, the expectancy, the preparation, the readiness. Oh God, I saw a picture of a church stretching, stretching. I said, oh God, let it be us. Let it be us. I saw a church standing. I saw a church that looked like a church. I, I saw a church that was on its tiptoes. I saw a church that was looking in the distance, peering out in the distance looking for something, believing that this is the day, this is the service, this is the night, this is the hour. I saw a church that was prepared. Everything was there. It it was all there. Amen. So that when they come, they will not be disappointed. Amen. Hallelujah. Would you lift your voice to him right now? Holy Ghost, come right now. Holy Ghost, come right now. How wide are your arms open tonight? How wide are your arms open tonight? Are they open wide enough to welcome the worst, the ugliest, the meanest, the vilest? Are they open enough to welcome the wayfarer? 
Is there an expectation in your heart that one of these days, someday, soon, very soon, it's going to happen. They're going to come. They're going to walk through those doors. They're going to kneel in an altar. They're going to humble themselves before God. They're going to cry out. Oh, God, help us to be ready for that. Help us to be ready for that. Help us to be ready for that. Oh, God, is there anybody here tonight that needs to open your heart a little bit more? Open your arms a little wider and say, God, I need you to expand the horizons in my life. I need you to expand the reach of my life. I need you to expand the heart, the burden, the compassion, the hunger. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, let me love them like you love them. Let me love them like you love them. Let me see them like you see them. Let me feel toward them like you feel toward them. Let me welcome them, Lord, like you welcome them. Oh, God. Let me live with open arms. Let me live with eyes of expectancy. Let me live with the heart of hope and a belief. A belief. A belief. A belief. I don't know when. I don't know what time. I don't know how, but I know it coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming.